So today, uh, we're starting a new series um, that we called Toxic. And we are going to deal with a really important issue, an issue that affects us emotionally, spiritually, physically, even sometimes. And it, and it really um, brings out some of the deepest, darkest, ugliest parts of our heart. And I hope this series, my prayer, is that this series would bring some lasting change. That this would be a series that you would look back upon and say, my life and I, I was this way, I felt this way towards this person, I had this wound, until at church we went through the series on unforgiveness, and now everything's different. Are you ready for that? That's what we're going to do in these next couple weeks. And the scripture has a lot to say about unforgiveness. It has a lot to say about it. Um, I read a story once about a father and a son who had become estranged. And the son left home and would not contact the father. And, and the father was out trying to find him, trying to find him, and, and couldn't. And he searched for many months with no success. And finally, in desperation, the father put an ad in the newspaper. And the ad read, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. Just hoping that he would see it. And on Saturday, 800 men named Paco showed up at the newspaper <laughs> office. Just wanting forgiveness and love from their father. The moral of that story is we all need forgiveness. We all need to grant forgiveness because we all sin and we all have been sinned against. That is just simply part of being a human. And so this series applies to all of us. It applies to each of us, all ages, all genders. It applies to us. And in fact, I think we will learn more about the effects of unforgiveness in our life in these next couple weeks on a very practical level. And as a staff, we really wanted to give you an action step I wanted to give you an opportunity uh, to really move on what God's telling you. And so starting next Monday evening, June 17th, we are offering a three-week what we call soul care class. And it's all about unforgiveness. And, and it's this class that will help you dig up and work through unforgiveness in your life. I mean, it will show you how to forgive. It'll, it'll help you deal with the roots of bitterness, how to live in freedom. And I don't want you to miss it. I know that it's summer, but this is gonna be well worth your Monday evenings just for three weeks. You can sign up online or in our lobby. I'm right after service. You can sign up at the Next Step Center. They can help you get all connected with that. Don't miss this opportunity. It's gonna be really excellent. So this morning, I want to dive into a familiar passage of scripture to most of us. Uh, it comes from Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and it's Jesus himself speaking, and he's teaching us how to pray. So would you read along with me this morning? You might be able to say this by heart if you learned it as a, as a, young, as a young person, but let's read together. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, now the passage goes on. The very next verse, which you may not have memorized, says this. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So when we pray in that, that prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, we are asking God to forgive our sin according to the same standard that we have used in forgiving the sins of others. 
So this particular text says that God lets us set the standard. He lets us decide the standard, and then God follows the standard. So we establish the pattern, and then God follows the pattern. It's as if we're really saying, God, deal with me as I deal with other people. If your heart is sinking in your chest right now, that could be a signal. (laughs) Deal with me as I deal with other people. Deal with me as I have dealt with others. Because the scripture says, unless we forgive, we will not be forgiven. And to refuse to forgive someone and then to ask God for forgiveness, it's kind of like spiritual schizophrenia. It's us asking God to give us what we are unwilling to extend to someone else. And so Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and the only part that he adds sort of an additional commentary to is this forgiveness part. All the rest of it, he, he just, you get it at face value. He leaves it alone. But I, I bet he offered further commentary because he knew that when we read that or we prayed that, we would feel a little uncomfortable. That we'd try to wiggle out of it or, or exegete it in a little bit of a different way because it is pretty, it's a, it's a pretty harsh word. It's a pretty difficult word. But that's why I believe in verse 14 through 15, he says, listen, I'm gonna spell this out so clear that you can't doubt it and you can't argue it. If you don't forgive others' sins, your Father will not forgive yours. We may not like it, but that's what it says. So when we refuse to forgive and we we hold on to an unforgiving spirit, specific things can happen to our heart. And here's just a few. Um, Our fellowship with the Father is blocked. The Holy Spirit is grieved. Your prayers may not be answered. The enemy gains a foothold through bitterness. You waste time nursing a wounded spirit. You become enslaved to the, to the very people that you hate. That's all you can think about. That's all you can do. You avoid places that you would go otherwise because you don't want to see those people. And you often become like the people that you refuse to forgive. And I believe that Jesus is so adamant about us forgiving. He's so adamant about us being unoffendable because he knows this effect on our soul. He doesn't want us to live like that. He doesn't want us to live like that. And so he's so adamant about dealing with it. As long as you hold on to your resentments, you are still chained to the past and you only hurt yourself. And so by refusing to forgive, you block off this channel of God's blessing in your life. And you are still in bondage to the, to the remembered hurts of the past. And until those chains are broken by a decisive act of forgiveness, we remain slaves to the past. We can't move on. Proverbs 18, 19 in the New, New Living Translation talks about unforgiveness. And it says this, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Now, a fortified city is a city with high and strong walls around it. It's a city that, that is, wants to assure protection. It's making sure that no one's getting in without permission and no one's leaving without them knowing it. And the walls, they keep unwelcome guests out. They keep outsiders at bay. And what this is describing in the Old Testament is that when we are offended, when we are unforgiving, we do the same thing. We construct walls when we're hurt. We, we attempt to stay safe. We, we don't wanna have any more future wounds, so we build walls and we build gates and we build fences and we withhold access from others into our lives. 
And the only door that we often open is to the people that we believe will be on our side. Unfortunately, those are also offended people. So you let them in the gate, and instead of them helping you get out of the bitterness and get out of the pain, they help you stack the wall higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And now you're stuck together, isolated, in your bitterness. And those very walls that you built for protection become a prison. Those very walls that you built for protection become a prison. It's interesting because the scripture calls these walls that we build strongholds. These strongholds, they set a pattern of reasoning through which all our incoming information is processing. And all of these walls, all of these strongholds that we build for protection become this source of distortion with our understanding of what God is asking us to be and what God is asking us to hear from him. Because what we do is we filter everything through our past hurts and rejections and experiences, and we find it impossible even to trust God. So those strongholds and those walls that we build up, thinking they're just for our protection, are pushing us further and further away, even from Jesus. And we cannot believe he means what he says. We, we doubt his goodness. We doubt his faithfulness. We judge him by the standards, by what man has put in our lives. But I want to remind you this morning, God is not a man. God is not man. He, he, he has not had the attributes that we have. In Numbers 23, it says he cannot lie. Isaiah says his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. God does not fail us the way that men do. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, it actually tells us, this is what I want you to do with these walls or these fortresses or these strongholds, these things that you have built to protect yourself because you don't want to get hurt again. Here's what you should do with them. Let's look at it together, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The scripture says we aren't supposed to live behind the walls. We're supposed to pull them down. Do you see that? We're supposed to pull them down and we're supposed to be around people in our lives who will help us pull them down and not stack them up. We're supposed to live in redemptive community because unforgiveness destroys all of that. When we have an unforgiving spirit, our eyes are not on Jesus. They're fixed on ourselves. They're fixed on the walls that we have built to keep ourselves safe. They're focused on what? we deserve or, or how we are wronged. Recently, I had been hurt by someone really close to me in my life, and I, I was praying, and I said to the Lord angrily, you know, this isn't fair. Like, that wasn't right. Someone needs to pay for this. It's not fair. And in Jesus' kind and loving and tender way, he said, I paid for it, Nicole. I paid for it all. This week I had a conversation with Barb Fisher, Pastor Don's incredible wife, and all about all of this stuff. And I just want you to listen in on it this morning. Um, I want you to watch this video as we talked about these things, this unforgiveness. So would you watch this morning? Well, Barb, thank you so much for just chatting with me today. You're um, 
I know that uh, you and Pastor Don have been in ministry for a little while now, mm-hmm. and um, I'm always a recipient of Pastor Don's great wisdom <laughs> on staff, and you guys have gone through and seen a lot of incredible things that the mm-hmm. Lord has done, um, but also walked through some seasons of challenge. Right. And um, I just wondered if you'd tell me a little bit about maybe one particular season um, of challenge uh, as we're kind of talking about this forgiveness series and right. you know, in, in response to that. Well, the first thing that pops in my mind is um, in the early 80s, we were pastoring our first church, which was quite an ordeal because the district was going to close this church down. So it was it was so much work from ground up, mm. starting from, from scratch almost. But and, and though it was a lot of work, we enjoyed our ministry there. However, I started noticing my, my uh, strength weakening mm. and feeling really sick and didn't know what was going on, and my kids were quite young. I think they were seven and nine at the time. And I remember we were in the process of transitioning to another church, and we were excited about that move. It was a new challenge, um, but I was getting weaker mm-hmm. and weaker, and um, to the place where I could hardly catch my breath. Yeah. I couldn't walk across my living room without having to sit down and catch my breath mm. before I did the next thing. And I was getting really worried. I'd I'd gone from doctor to doctor to doctor. Nobody knew what was the matter. And um, I started getting into the Word and pleading with God to help me because I just didn't know how I was going to make this move. And um, I I started making um, notes on three-by-five cards on healing. I read those. I put them up on my mirror. Mm -hmm. I did everything I could to try to find an answer. Well, they finally sent me to IU Medical Center and I think it was just God that put the knowledge in a doctor's mind to check one thing, mm-hmm. and he said, I know what this is, and he called it Takiasus Arteritis, okay. which sounded like a foreign language to me. Yeah. And in fact, it was because um, mostly only Asian women get this disease. Wow. So basically what was happening was my, my pulmonary vessels were huh. closing up. Um, the large blood vessels in my body were closing up, mm-hmm. and so I was just... Um, losing my life gradually and gradually. Yeah. They said there was no cure. Um, they put me on large doses of prednisone, mm. which only just made me feel okay, but I wasn't okay. So I just said, God, if, if there's something I, I need to know to get me through this, you've got to give me some answers. And I just felt, it wasn't an audible voice, but I felt so positive that he spoke to me and mm-hmm. said, this is because of unforgiveness. Wow. And I thought that, you know, it's such a shock to me because I, I couldn't think of anybody that I hadn't forgiven. Right, right, right. You know, you go through life and you yeah. just deal with issues. Right. Um, so then I said, okay, Lord, then show me. Show me who I need to forgive. And I was willing to do anything at that point. Yeah. And the first person um, I thought about was um, an attacker I had early on in our ministry or early on in our life together. And then I thought about my dad. And then I thought about a pastor that I grew up with in our mm-hmm. church, all of whom I had harbored some resentment toward. Yeah. Um, the pastor, he didn't even know I had that resentment, so I didn't have to really go to him so much, but I had to deal with it. Well, in, it was in 1974, um, four years after we had been married, and I had just had my first son. He was four months old. And um, after Don went to work, I was busy getting formula ready for this baby who was crying in the next room, and a man forced his way into our house by knife point. He raped me. Mm. And um, the whole time my baby is screaming in the other room. Mm. 
And such fear overwhelmed me, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't make a sound come out of my voice except for just a whisper. And all I knew to whisper was the name of Jesus. So I just kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And at that point, the, uh, my attacker um, said, are you a Christian? And I said, I, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, he immediately, it was like a um, lightning bolt hit him. Wow. And he said, oh, my God, I'm sorry. And he got up to leave, and then he said, but if you call the police, I will kill you and your son. So I was in such um, horrific mm-hmm. state of mind. Yeah. All I could think to do was to call my husband. Mm-hmm. And he got there with my dad probably five minutes later, mm-hmm. um, waiting for the police to come and to take me to the hospital and um, to get everything worked out. But um, that was such a traumatic experience. I couldn't go back to our house. Mm-hmm. I had to go. We had to go stay with my parents so we could find our own yeah, place. Right. So. While we were there with my parents, um, one of the renters that were in that, my parents owned the building that we lived in. Mm-hmm. So one of the renters came and he just casually asked my dad, so where are Don and Barb? I haven't seen them for a while. Mm-hmm. And my dad's response was, they just don't appreciate all I've done for them. Mm. And it was like a knife had just pierced me. Yeah. Um, oh, man. You know, I was still in that traumatic, fearful state. And then my dad was not, he was almost acting like it was our fault. Right, right. You know, and, and, and truthfully, he was just trying not to put fear into his tenants. Sure. He didn't want them to leave sure. as well. Yeah. But that never left me. Yeah. That hung on. Yeah. And so you're kind of fast forward all these years, you're in the hospital bed. Yeah. So, so you recounted, you kind of came to the Lord. The Lord said, hey, uh, this is the unforgiveness in your heart. You um, begin to work through some of that pain. Yeah. Obviously, some are harder mm-hmm. to deal with than others. Right. I think you shared with me, much harder to forgive your dad than even Absolutely. the attacker. Right. The attacker was somebody I didn't know. He yeah. was just an evil man. Right. And he just happened to pick our house. Yeah. Um, so that, that wasn't a personal thing. And though it was hurtful that it happened to me, I think what I did was I shifted my anger toward God without even knowing it. Because mm. why would God allow this to happen yeah. Yeah. to somebody who had real? I mean, I'd, I'd grown up in a Christian home. Right. I was very faithful to our church and, and to the Lord. And I was a leader in my, in my youth group. Um, I was one of the church organists. I was very involved, and I really, yeah. truly love the Lord with all my heart. And I, yeah. why did He allow this to happen? It's good. Yeah. yeah so, so, so you're kind of there dealing through all this stuff. Uh, what happens then? Um, kind of once you process through it all, I'm laying in the hospital bed, knowing that I have to deal with this, or I'm not going to get my healing. And God said, "Look what I have forgiven you. Mm. You know, if you can't forgive these people, yeah, wow. I can't forgive you." And that's, that was the truth that just gripped me. Right. This was a necessary thing for me to live. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, they dismissed me from the hospital with um, the high doses of, of, of uh, prednisone. And um, mm. I got on a, a regimented diet. I read everything I could on getting well. Yeah. And I just decided um, I avoided anybody who was negative. Mm. I believed I was healed in yeah. Jesus' name. Wow. Um, I wouldn't take calls from even my family members who were trying to help me, but they were negative. Yeah. So I just kept on this, I am healed in Jesus' name. He mm-hmm. said, I'm healed. And um, with that, the forgiveness came. Yeah. You know, um, I had thought I'd forgiven these people. I really mm-hmm. thought I had. All I had done was push it back 
push it back and just ignored it and kept on going. And I have found, um, you know, I've often wondered why I still have residual effects of the disease, even though I no longer have this disease. Mm -hmm. Um, I really believe it was a reminder. It's a reminder to me that forgiveness is so important. Yeah. Um, for me to keep living a full life and one that God wants me to live, I have to be able to forgive. Yeah. I have to be able to have His joy and His peace. Yeah. I can't have that without forgiveness. Yeah. Well, I have, I've talked to people over the course of years about unforgiveness, and I always brought back bits of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is, is who are we trying to serve? Um, if we're trying to serve God, we have no choice but to forgive. Yeah. Um, these people, God wants to deal with them as much as he's wanted to deal with me. Sure. I have to give them to the Lord. Yeah. I have to give my family to the Lord. Yeah. I have to give my closest friends to the Lord. I can't be their Savior. There's only one Savior. Yeah. And it's him that's going to deal with them. I just love them. And um, you've yeah. got to let it go. You've got to give it to the Lord. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. I know it was some heavy stuff today, but... Um, when you share that story with me, it was so impactful for me years ago, mm-hmm. and I just really felt like the church could benefit from it. So thank you for all your honesty and vulnerability thank you. this morning. You thank Barb for sharing that. So next week, we're going to talk about some decisions that we can make, that we need to make when we're forgiving people. Uh, But today, uh, would you stand? And um, maybe like Barb, you are angry. Maybe you you have been the victim of something awful. Uh, You have been the recipient of some thing that has happened to you that is very, very difficult to forgive. Maybe you're like Barb and you're angry with God. And you need to work on that. You need to you need to process that. You need to, to, to talk to the Lord about that. Maybe um, you have come this morning and that puts such a perspective on the thing that you're angry about. That's what it did for me. I want to give you just two action steps today. The first is, like I said in the beginning, sign up for that soul care class. Get connected with some people. Don't let that wound fester anymore. Don't let that wound fester anymore. That's out at the Next Step Center. Second thing, I'm going to ask, we have some trusted friends that are going to be at these tables. If you're here to pray, would you go there now? Um, And they want to pray with you. They want to uh, ask God to help you forgive and agree with you in prayer, um, just to walk out of here different today, uh, to do something different, just to, to get some perspective. You don't have to share your whole story and all the details. Maybe you just want to say, I just need the help to forgive my mom, or I just need the help to forgive this person and they'll pray with you and and just ask the Lord to give you the courage and the strength to take that next step. So before you leave today, if this topic is is just been something God's already been dealing with you on, please don't go before you do one of those action steps. Please don't go. Make sure you get some prayer and just get some encouragement. So I want to end today the same way we started uh, with the Lord's Prayer. And I just hope it feels different on your lips. I hope it feels different after this teaching. I hope it maybe changes your perspective about it. So let's, can we just pray this today in confidence? If Jason, if you put it back on the screen for us. It goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Amen. Would you go today? Have a great week. Come back next week to hear more about decisions on forgiveness.